Hello and welcome to the Russell Investments Australian Advisor Podcast. My name is Bronwyn Yates, Head of Business Solutions for our advisor and intermediary business. And today I also have with me Tanya Hoshek, the Head of our Advisor Distribution. And we're here again with one of our key highlight areas of our Value of Advisor Report for 2020. In this edition, we want to talk about the idea about B for behavioural investing and how advisors can help prevent clients making some simple behavioural mistakes uh, in their uh, investment journey. In our uh, value of an advisor report for, for 2019, we actually had B quantified as 1.9% uh, uh, value added by having an advisor. And in our 2020 report, it's actually gone up to 2.2% this year as of July. Now we'll get into how this is calculated in a moment, but Tanya, why do you think this behavioural component is so important in a year like 2020? Oh, well, gosh, um, 2020, um, as we're all very well aware, started off uh, in March with a huge amount of uh, market volatility, which had um, a lot of investors understandably concerned. Um, and what we observed through this time period was that um, advised clients typically because they'd gone through that education process and they had that backstop um, with the coaching aspect of their wealth management, didn't typically take any knee-jerk reactions. Um, whereas what we saw through non-advised clients was there was a lot of uh, uh, selling at the worst time or selling at lows um, and buying uh, at high times. And we've certainly got a lot of anecdotes um, and some detailed statistics on exactly um, what this meant uh, for, for non-advised clients through this particular period of time. So it actually brought things that we've been talking about through that cycle of market emotions well and truly to life. Yeah, I think you hit on a couple of the, the key elements of this section of our report. We've got um, some interesting data from ASIC in there around what they saw some uh, individuals do uh, from a retail share market trading perspective where 140,000 new trading accounts were set up just in, in, in a period of the, the, the February and March volatility and another 42,000 accounts uh, were reactivated. So 280,000 uh, individuals in Australia, um, non-advised, trying to uh, trade the, the, the market and some really interesting evidence there about how it, you know, it's gone spectacularly sort of wrong in the opposite direction. But really how we also calculate that 2.2%, we look over a longer term uh, and we try and do this each year. And it was kind of interesting, wasn't it, when we were thinking about what these results were going to look like this year, knowing the, the, the market and the investor behaviour that had occurred um, early in the year. And the reports got data up until September, which I think is interesting, where we do calculate not only what the market return has been over um, a long-term period since um, 2020, but we also look at the, the cash flows, particularly in the US market where this data is really robust, where we look at the retail uh, inflows and net outflows into the US uh, equity funds. And we try and calculate this idea of if you had stayed in the market, the return you would have got over that period would have been 10.92%. Uh, now, if you'd been a performance chaser, and we, we, we reference this by thinking about if you were investing in and out of the market in line with the, the general trend of the cash flows, uh, it would have delivered uh, only an 8.73% per annum return over this period. So a 2.2% per annum difference. 
from staying invested in the market versus uh, being a bit of a performance chaser. And it's quite a, a jarring chart to look at when you see just how much was redeemed out of the US uh, retail equity funds um, after the market dropped back in, in March. So um, if you're interested, really do suggest having a look at the report to, to see the, the visuals on that one. Yeah, I must so, admit, I was um, quite astounded by just the sheer scale of the outflows that, are, that occurred um, through that period of time. And more importantly, the fact that there doesn't appear to have been that much that's gone back in just yet. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really seeing that you've got that, that, that flight to safety, but uh, crystallising those losses and not uh, experiencing any of the, the rebound benefit. Yeah, there's the other unintended consequences too um, that people don't typically think about when they're thinking about the, the sleep at night test is not thinking about those um, the, the taxation losses or gains that they might be crystallising and or the cost of transactions too. So what do you think some of like the, the characteristics of advisors that do this really well? What do you see when you're speaking to advisors around the country? What are the, the ways that you see advisors uh, take their clients on this behavioural journey or education journey in a really successful way? Yeah, so a lot of it comes down to um, the goals. Um, and when there are times do get tough and there is heightened volatility, uh, there's been that ongoing engagement and education along the way about the fact we can't control markets, but what we can do is control your response to the markets and you're far better responding rather than reacting. Um, and within that, it means that about being purposeful towards your goals and not doing anything that's going to impact your uh, the, the financial security of your future. Um, and a lot of the advisors that I spoke to that have done this particularly well over the relationship with their clients. When I was speaking to them through like March, April, May, uh, they had maybe one or two phone calls from clients and that's it. Um, yeah, and wow. when they were communicating to clients, the clients were saying, yeah, yeah, no, no, you told us, you told us that markets would get volatile and there might be times like this and we're okay because we know that you're watching it for us. So it's that real, real life coaching experience seeing things played out. Yeah, and I think it's the education around the fact, you know what, drawdowns will occur in the market, but with all the things that we've put in place for you, you're still going to be on track to achieving your goals. And I think that's probably a more powerful message than anything else. Yeah, and I do think that's, that's another theme that we hear from 2020. I remember speaking to one advisor and she was sort of saying that you know, this is our time. Up until now, it's been hard to, um, to really, you know, articulate that this whole behavioural coaching in a bull market when you know, investors think that, that they can't do no wrong, but you know, this is the perfect time to, to really bring this to life. So when we're using charts and numbers like this and we, we're trying to quantify this idea of behavioural coaching, um, but appreciate that you know, this is not for all clients and, and in particular, I'm sure there are many clients out there that don't want to be told that they're likely to be making stupid decisions. Uh, how can advisors articulate this, this area of value in a way that's uh, more palatable to a client? Or how do they start trying to have these behavioural value conversations with clients? Oh, yeah, well, we've got a whole heap of tools um, on our website um, in our value of advice toolkit. Um, and I'd highly recommend for those uh, advisors that might be not necessarily struggling with articulating it, but they're wanting some supporting material um, to go towards having these conversations. We've got a wealth of information I mean, one of the things that I mentioned before is that cycle of emotions chart that we do um, and have done for a number of years. And we've even got uh, examples um, along the way of 
the periods of time and different market cycles and the behaviours um, through each of those market cycles and, and the reality around the fact is when the market's at its peak, that's when you're not wanting to be buying in. Also, the point of maximum risk is what we call it. Um, and conversely, when the market's at its bottom, that's actually called the, the point of maximum opportunity. So we've got a whole heap of pictorial um, tools that just really help um, that story. And it takes away it takes away from some of that jargon that um, is so prevalent in our industry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I do suggest, I mean, I, I think a key highlight is, is that challenging conversations guide you mentioned. For any of our advisors who've been working with us for, <clears throat> for a number of years, this is actually a new resource. And, um, but even for our newer advisors, I think it's a really interesting framework to think about how do we have those coaching conversations. Um, and really, it's, it's an interesting example of how to actually take some, some client conversation examples like, uh, you know, like I want to trade or I hear you, but I think this time it's different or... Um, you know, I can do this cheaper somewhere else and actually putting some, some conversation frameworks and, and scripting ideas around it. I, I think it's a really interesting resource. Um, and also, I just obviously, I'm, I'm sure with your team, Tanya, um, if nothing else, to, to pick up the phone and have a, have a chat to your team because I think the best way to, to work through these, these types of conversations is to, to, um, to brainstorm them and work them through. And I'm, I'm sure your team are, are always happy to, to pick up the phone and have a conversation with how an advisor can improve their conversations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We love having these conversations and, and try to find ways that we can help. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Tanya, for the, the B for Behavioural Mistakes part of our Value of an Advisor series podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>